In middle school and high school, I wasn't always a great friend, especially to one friend. And let's just say his name is um, Ren Ryder, right? We'll call him Ren Ryder. Or uh, there's no way I'm going to get through it. His name is Ben, right? And I used to really tease Ben a lot. And he was one of my best friends, right? But there got to a point where I was getting in a lot of trouble in middle school and high school. And I was tired of just telling the teachers it was me. So one day, I had the brilliant idea that I was going to blame Ben instead of myself because this teacher didn't know me. And so I forget exactly what I did, but she looked at me. She's like, that's it. You're getting a detention. What's your name? And I said, my name's Ben. And she believed it, right? And she got him an after-school detention because of that. And after that moment, me and my friends decided any time that we got in trouble, we were going to say our name was Ben Schneider. Like, it always happened. I would be outside of school and people would ask me my name and I'd just be like, Ben Schneider, if I did something bad. Like, he started to get, like, this reputation of being, like, this really bad kid. I once got pulled over with my friend. We were driving and I was in the passenger seat. My cop, the cop asked me what my name was and I said, Ben Schneider. Like, that's how bad this got, right? I did a lot of things to Ben in my life that I definitely regret. Um, for a while, every single time we went out to eat, at the end of the night, we wrote Ben Schneider's name and his real phone number down on every single receipt that we got. Like every single one. And he used to get phone calls all the time. And he would get so mad at us because he knew that we were doing it. Um, in high school, Ben never, ever answered his phone. And it used to drive me and my other friend crazy. So one morning, we were in a uh, homeroom. And I was like, Ben, how come you didn't answer your phone this weekend? We wanted to hang out. And he said some lame excuse. And so in front of the whole class, I said, oh, man, were you busy clipping your mom's toenails again? And that became the joke of the entire school. Ben wanted to kill me, right? It got to the point where teachers were making the joke. They'd be like, Ben, why didn't you do your homework? Combing your mom's hair again? Like, it like always happened, right? Ben wanted to kill me because of that. And the funny thing is, like, I love Ben. He's like my brother. But I just, I teased him a lot. I wasn't always the best friend to him. And tonight we're starting a two-week series called Relationships. And next week we're going to talk about dating relationships. But tonight we're going to talk about friendship. And I think that this is a really big deal. I think a lot of us don't think it's that important, but it really is. Because God cares about the friends that you have in your life. Someone once said, show me someone's five closest friends, and I could tell you where that person's life is headed. And some of you guys have these friendships that you know are a complete mess and there's something that we need to do about this. Because this is true. You will never accomplish all that God has for you without the right people around you. And guys, I think that there is this deep desire inside of all of us to have real friendships. Not just surface level. And I think that's what so many of our friendships are. They're all on the surface. We joke and we have a good time. But we really want someone to know what's going on in our lives. We want someone that we can talk to and not feel afraid about what we have just said. We want to know that there's someone who will be there for us when things get really difficult and hard in life. And I don't know about you, but I want to be that kind of friend. Guys, the writer of Proverbs said this in Proverbs chapter 13. Walk with the wise and become wise. For a companion of fool 
fools, suffers harm. So what he's saying is you become like the people you hang out with. That's just how it works. You know how you guys hang out with people sometimes and you start to say the things that they say, right? I have this effect on people all the time. All the seniors say rip now. Like that is something that I started and there's not a text message that goes by in a single day where someone is not saying rip, right? The people that you are around say the things that you say. You become like these people. And I don't want you guys to misunderstand what I'm saying because you read something like that and you think, oh man, I know exactly what this message is going to be about. Joey is going to tell me that I need to cut out some friendships because I know that maybe they're not the best because that is not the ultimate point of tonight's message. I'm trying to get something across much deeper than that. I want you to think about the kind of friend that you are. And it all starts with the way that you act and treat other people. I think sometimes you guys want me to come up here and just say fluffy good stuff that's never hard or never difficult. We can come up here, hold hands, and sing kumbaya, but I love you too much to do that. And sometimes the truth hurts a little bit. It stings, and it gets us feeling uncomfortable. Guys, some of you hang out with people And every single time you do, you go to dark places. You do things that you would never do if you weren't hanging out with them. And you think that's a friendship? Because that is not a friendship. That is an abusive relationship. But you feel like no one else will care about me. No one else gets me besides them. You are only hurting your And so I'm not telling you tonight that you need to cut off all your friends. I'm just saying really look and see if that is actually a friendship or if that is just abusive. Because some of you don't need need enemies with how many friends you have and how they treat you. And we need to deal with that if that is the truth. And I'm not just talking about if some friends tease you sometimes. I'm talking about when you are with these people, you know you are doing things that you are ashamed of. You know you are thinking in some ways that are so wrong. That needs to be dealt with. But the ultimate point of tonight is that you deal with your own life and how you're acting towards your other friends. One of the most common things that I hear about friendship when I'm trying to encourage people to make more friends is no one gets me. No one understands what I'm really going through. And every single time, I just want to say this, you're just an angsty teenager. Get over your self. See, this is what happens. We want everyone to pursue us. We want everyone to be the perfect friend to us. Because that's not how it works. It starts with you being a good friend to everyone else and watch how all the other friendships will change in your life. Stop waiting on these people to seek you out. Go seek out good friendships that you know will build you up. Stop just waiting. Because, and maybe at first it might be a little awkward. It might be a little bit difficult, but you can do this. And it's so easy sometimes to find common ground with people. And you can get out of some of these friendships that are so broken and so messed up. So many of our friendships are built on selfishness. It's all about what I can get out of that friendship. I'm kind of embarrassed to say this, but I was friends with someone in middle school 
only because his sister was so fine, right? Like, and I, I, like, I treated this kid so bad. And his sister was much older than me, like, like much, much older than me. But I have never lacked faith or confidence in my entire life. So, so I, I like, was like, all right, I'm going to take this kid and let him be my friend just so I can hang out with his sister. And when his sister wasn't around, I did not hang out with that friend. Some of you guys are just trying to be friends with people tonight for what you can get out of that relationship. That is not what real friends do. And like I said, it all starts with you tonight. We're going to look at two people who were amazing friends to each other. I mean, they were close. They were like Batman and Robin, like peanut butter and jelly, like Frodo and Sam. Maybe not that close because Frodo and Sam were really close. But they were like, they were like boys, right? And they are going to give us a biblical uh, sign of what real friendship truly is all about. But guys, there is so much at stake. Your future is at stake in all of this. Because some of you guys are with friends that are bringing you down wrong paths. And one day, you're going to wake up and be 30 years old and working at Taco Bell, and you're going to be like, how did I get here? Now, I don't want to offend you if your life goal is to work at Taco Bell, but you need to dream a little bit bigger tonight, right? God has more for your life. Don't settle for these wrong friendships. Guess, I have friends that walked away from God because they surrounded themselves with the wrong people, and they haven't gone anywhere in life. And God had huge plans for these people. He was going to do so much through them. But because they joined themselves with the wrong people, it really messed up the course of their whole entire life. So this is so important that you guys hear what the scripture is going to speak to us tonight. And so I need to give you guys a little bit of background information before we get into 1 Samuel chapter 18 tonight. We're going to talk about David and Jonathan. Now this could have been a really awkward relationship. The current king of Israel, his name was Saul, and he wasn't a very good king. He was messing up Israel big time, and God wasn't happy with the direction he was leading the people, and so he wanted to choose a new king. The reason why they chose uh, Saul in the first place was because he was really tall, and that is just so superficial. It's so silly that's, that was the reason. But the people just wanted a king so bad. And so they ended up choosing the wrong one. And so God is like, all right, we need a new king for Israel. And he chooses David. And there is this weird process that happens where David and Saul begin to know what is going on. They have this almost very awkward relationship. And in the middle of all that, Jonathan and David our friends. And we're going to look a little bit about how their friendship was so close in a moment. But there were so many reasons for this to be a really awkward friendship. David was dating Jonathan's sister. You want to make things awkward with a friend, date their sister, right? But they didn't care about all of that. And that's what we're going to kind of pick up here in 1 Samuel chapter 18. This is what it says. After David had finished talking with Saul, Jonathan became one in spirit with David, and he loved him as himself. From that day, Saul kept David with him and did not let him return home to his family. So they meet for the first time, 
And they kind of look at each other and said, did we just become best friends? Like, they are just boys right off the bat. And they just want to hang out, right? They're, they're, they're close. And there is this also this awkward thing going on with Saul right here because now he makes David move in with all of them. But we see right here that they were instantly connected, that they just got each other in such a real way. Let's look at verse 3. And Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as himself. Jonathan took off his robe he was wearing and gave it to David along with his tunic and even his sword, his bow, and his belt. And you're like, yo, easy, Jonathan. But it was a sign of respect that was going on right here. And Jonathan was trying to show David that I I love you, man. There's nothing that I wouldn't do for you. Because here is what they both realized. That eventually the throne was meant to be Jonathan's. It was his birthright to become king, not David. David is this guy that's showing up on the scene and God has called him to be king. And there could have so easily been tension between the two of them. Guys, you know what? One of the biggest things that destroys friendship? Jealousy. It's so easy to get jealous of some of the friends that we have in our lives. But Jonathan didn't let it happen, even though the throne was his. And this isn't like a little thing. This isn't something that you and I get upset about. This was a huge thing. But he gives him his sword. He gives him his rope to show him, I'm laying down what matters most to me. Because you're my best friend. Because I love you and I want the best for you. Let's talk about this for a second. Because... I think we all have thrones in our heart that we wish that we were sitting on. So many of us let this throne ruin friendships. I need someone to come up here and help me. Who's feeling, feeling brave? My man Shane always wants to come up. Um, no, no, I didn't say Shane. I need someone new. Come on. Someone else feeling brave? Come on, Philly. That's perfect. So perfect. Give it up for Philly love, everyone. So me and Phil are like Jonathan and David. We are boys. We are tight instantly. We have sleepovers every night. Like, we are just chilling, right? And one day in school, Phil starts to talk to the girl that I like. And and he knows that I like her, but he's really just being friendly. But I see that, and I'm threatened. I'm jealous. And I think that Phil is now sitting on the throne that I deserve. And so many of us let that tear apart friendships. Me and Phil are also on the same basketball team because Phil's a baller, man. Right? He's so good. (laughs) And it's the end of the game, right? And I want to take the last shot. And Phil knows that it's supposed to be me, right? I'm the captain. But he takes it and he shoots that shot and it goes in. And so instead of being happy for Phil, I'm angry at him because I feel like I should be sitting on the throne, right? So many of us let that ruin our friendships. Give it up for Phil. Thank you so much, Phil. That was awesome. You did so much. Guys, stop letting selfishness ruin the people and the relationships that you care about. We need to be able to celebrate our friends. It's okay if we don't always have the attention on us. Some of us need to deal with that in our own life tonight. 
We need to be willing to celebrate other people when they're successful. It, it is an amazing feeling to really be able to come alongside them and cheer them on. And so let's look at this next verse. And before we do that, I just want to read this. Jonathan cared more about David than the throne. We're going to skip to 1 Samuel chapter 19, and it says this. And Saul spoke to Jonathan, his son, and to all his servants, that they should kill David. But Jonathan, Saul's son, delighted much in David. And Jonathan told David, Saul, my father seeks to kill you. Therefore, be on your guard in the morning. Stay in a secret place and hide yourself. And I will go out and stand and besides my father in the field where you are. And I will speak to my father about you. And if I learn anything, I will tell you. Because Jonathan was loyal to David. His father was taken over by jealousy. And he wants to kill David now. But Jonathan loved his friend. And he just wanted to protect him. Because real friends protect each other. Real friends stand up for each other. Just recently, someone was telling me a story. And it's just funny because... Because I'm a pastor, people think that they can just say whatever they want about my life. And I'm not talking about, talking about joking things. I'm talking about when people come after me in some really serious ways. And um, recently someone was telling me how someone was saying that I act like I'm perfect. Like I have everything together, everything figured out. When I get on a stage, I kind of make it seem like to everyone that I've never done anything wrong. And that is so far from my heart. If you've ever had a conversation with me, if you know me at all, you know that that isn't true about me. And as this person's telling the story, my friend Joe Levante, before that person could even finish, stood up for me. And he came after what that person was saying with sarcastic comments about that person. Because I didn't even have to open up my mouth. My friend had my back. He was protecting me in those moments. And I think we all want friends like that. When we're not around or when we are around and people come at us, that they have our backs, that they're there to stand up for us and tell us that's not true because that is the kind of friend that you need to be for the people that you really care about. And I think what happens instead is we're, we jump into making fun of that person, right? Just because we want to fit in and we totally abandon our friend who we say that we care so much about. And this relationship went even deeper than this. So what, what happens next is Jonathan and Saul are in a battle and Jonathan ends up dying and Saul is so depressed that the battle is over and he's the one that led them into this. He ends up taking his own life and it's just a whole big mess. And word reaches back to Israel. And there was a nurse taking care of Jonathan's son. And his name was Mephibosheth. And when word reached the nurse, she decided that she was going to flee the city in terror. Because she felt like they would be killed because of this failure. And as they are fleeing, she drops the child. And the child is never able to walk because of this incident. And David ends up becoming king. And he remembers 
the friendship between him and Jonathan. He remembers the promise that they made to always look after each other, to be loyal to each other. And he asks his servants to find if there is anyone left from Jonathan's line so he could take care of him. And sure enough, he's led back to Jonathan's son. And he brings him into the palace. And Mephibosheth was so scared that David was going to kill him, that he was going to end his life because he knew about the tension there once was between Saul and David. But he invites him into the kingdom. And he gives him all of the inheritance that he is owed because of his family line. And he invites him to live in the palace with David. Because what a sign of loyalty. What love is poured out on this son who didn't deserve it, but David knew that he made a promise. Because real friends keep their promises. I don't know about you, but I used to tell people I was going to do stuff for them, and I would, I would just let that fall apart. I didn't think it was a big deal. But right here I see that real friends carry out their word, that if you say you're going to do something, that it's so important that you actually do that thing. Because if you apply these things to your life, it will look so different. Your friendships will drastically change. And like I said, it all starts with you. Stop waiting on everyone else to bring change. If you really want to know what it's like for someone to know you, then why don't you open up? We want everyone else to open up to us because we're too scared. We feel like people are going to judge us. But until you trust someone, and maybe you've been hurt before, and that's the reason why you don't trust. You have to be willing to love again, to believe that there really are people that care about you. And if you do, you'll find that there will be people who are with you, heart and soul, in everything that you go through in life. That's the kind of friend that I want to be. And those are the kind of friendships that I want to see inside this church. Because great people make people feel great. Miserable people make people feel miserable. What kind of friend do you want to be? That's a choice that you have to make. And it's so easy for me to forget this truth, to think that I can be just rude to people or just tease them too far. And I have to remind myself that great people make other people feel great. And I want God to do something through my life. And if I'm constantly being miserable towards other people, am I really living in the calling that he has for me? Guys, Charles Spurgeon said this, I never stop preaching until I get to the Savior. And we've been talking about friendship this whole night. But it's so important that I get to Jesus now. And this is what it says in John 15, verse 13. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for his friends. This is the ultimate example of how a friend could ever love. That Jesus was willing to lay down his life for me, for you. Despite all the ways that I have walked out on him, all the ways 
that I have talked badly about him. Maybe I've never said them out loud, but I thought them. I thought that he abandoned me. I thought he stopped caring about me. But he was still willing to lay down his life for me and for you. Because real friends are willing to sacrifice. Are you willing to sacrifice? Because Jesus gives us this amazing example. And maybe tonight you're new to church and you're sitting here and you're going, okay, cool. I guess the point tonight is to be a good friend. No, no. The point is tonight that God in the flesh got on a cross for you and I and loved us to the point that he was willing to be beaten, to be mocked, to hang on a cross so that we can know what real love is and then pour it back on the people that he has placed in our life. That is the point of being a good friend. That is what this all boils down to tonight. It's this amazing example that Jesus has given us. Guys, friends count each other greater than themselves. And that is so far from how so many of our friendships look. We need to be willing to count others greater than ourselves, to put our friends first and watch how amazing all of our friendships will be. Here's tonight's bottom line, what I want you guys to get. If you want great friendships, be a great friend. So simple. And some of you guys are so desperate for it tonight. But it all starts with you being a great friend to someone else. Let me pray for you guys. God, I thank you so much for your great love that has been so kind to us, Lord, that has been so good to us. I pray that we would live this example now that you have given us, that we would be willing to sacrifice for the people that we really care about, to lay down our own needs so that we could lift up the people that we really care about. God, I thank you that you were willing to get on a cross for me and everyone in this room. Thank you, God, that our sins are dealt with tonight. Thank you, God, that everything is covered, that there isn't anything that stands in the way between us wanting to be close to you tonight. I pray, God, for friendships that need to be broken off tonight, God, that you would give people the strength to have hard conversations. And God, in some friendships where there just needs to be more honesty to talk about what's really going on, I pray that you would give people the boldness to say what needs to be said so that those friendships can heal, so that they can grow and be the kind of friends that you want them to be. If you're in the room tonight and you want to put your faith in Jesus, I just want to give you a quick opportunity tonight just to say these words with me. And it's not the prayer that saves you. It's the faith that is rising up in your heart. And so if that's you, you can just pray this silently. Jesus, I want to start a relationship with you tonight. I want you to be the savior of my life. I believe that you died on a cross and you rose again in victory. I want to start this journey 
with you tonight. Would you lead me all the days of my life? If you prayed that prayer for the very first time tonight, just with everyone not looking around and every eye closed, could you just look at me? If tonight was your very first time ever praying that prayer. Jesus, we love you. We would love to see you move in a powerful way as we sing this next worship set. In your name we pray.